bags are packed, are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road Riding with you in the sunnier days I wouldn't want it any other way Hello and welcome to episode 162 of the Corinne Nidja podcast. I'm your host, Corinne Nidja, and this podcast is where I share people's transformation stories, people's health stories, people's recovery stories, people who faced adversity and are hoping to inspire others with their own journey. Today on the show, we have the wonderful Day Armelli. She is a two-time cancer survivor, and thanks to her incredible doctors, she stumbled onto the Cleveland Clinic or was directed onto the Cleveland Clinic by her doctor where she began a journey learning about nutrition through their Integrative Wellness Institute. And this is her story. So her story is of not wanting to get cancer a third time and really taking it into her own hands to learn as much as she could about nutrition and her body and healing and reducing their possibility and likelihood of further chronic disease and illness in her life and to learn and build better nutritional habits and create an environment that promotes and contributes to living a long and healthy life. So Day Armelli is today's guest and she has a website, a really incredible resource called Sprouted Green, which is where she shares all of what she learnt whilst at the Cleveland Clinic with information around getting started on a whole food plant-based diet, lots of great recipes, videos, stories, guides, the science, research articles, all kinds of things over there. So head over to Sprouted Green if you're on the beginning, wherever you are in your journey, head over there and you can find lots of great resources for you to learn and to get the skills that you need on your own plant-based journey. So check out sproutagreen.com. Thank you, Day, for coming on the show. I hope you enjoy listening to Day's story. She's going to be sharing her journey as a two-time cancer survivor and her journey in whole food plant-based living. Thank you all for listening. Hope you enjoy the show. Hello, Day, and welcome to the show. Thank you, Corinne. How are you? I'm good. I'm so glad to have you. It's sunny here, but it's been so rainy and windy and stormy the last couple of days, which is a surprise for a December in Australia. You would think it would be sunny and lovely, but it's been freezing and windy and not that. Been very 2020 of it. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. This year's been quite the challenge, hasn't it? Absolutely. (laughs) I'm actually in Cleveland, Ohio, and we... Uh, recently had quite the storm, so my house got about 18 inches of snow, and so we've been cleaning up from that and trying to find the driveway and the walkways and um, find spaces for the dog to go out and potty and things like that. So um, it's actually warmed up a bit and starting to melt, so we can get back out and finish our holiday shopping and things like that. So it's been fun here too. 2020, yes. So does it? Does it? Does it? not normally snow like that 
in Cleveland, Ohio? It does, but not this early in the season. Usually that's a January or February type of snow. Um, we were very fortunate and had some very warm weather and sunny weather. It's been beautiful. So I think we're paying for the fact that summer went into November and then all of a sudden it just dumped on us. So that's okay. It's good. It's time for Christmas and the holiday. So we're ready for snow. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've been seeing some beautiful photos from people who live over where, well, where it snows and it's just from, you know, I've lived where you barbecue at Christmas my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> so we, it's just lovely f- to see Christmas with snow when we've, I've never experienced that in my life. So I look forward to one day experiencing a, a white Christmas. I grew up in California, so I'm with you. We didn't have snow. We had, you know, we went to the beach and we swam in the pool. So I moved to the East Coast when the kids were little. And so it's been fun getting to know this kind of weather. We've been here quite a long time. So um, we're used to the snow and we're used to the change of seasons. And it definitely is um, different. It's definitely different, but it's fun. I can imagine. I hadn't even thought that, like, it would be hard to get your your pets to the toilet when it's completely snow covered in snow outside well it just because my pet's not real tall and the snow was taller than he was so it was a little challenging for him (laughs) he looked like a bunny rabbit jumping around out there trying to figure out where to go but so normally that's not the case but yeah yeah, it can get challenging (laughs) (laughs) oh poor guy yeah so your story. You're here because you have a story and I'd, I'd love for you to share it. So my background a little bit. I'm very energetic, obviously, but I was told about four or five years ago that I had a tumor um, in my kidney and that I had kidney cancer. And they did some testing and did some research and things and said that I was stage two. Uh, kidney cancer. I had a tumor in my right kidney. And uh, so I was like, oh, okay, well, let's just handle it. (laughs) And so I went through surgery and they took out part of my right kidney and removed the tumor. And I'm kind of a very go-getter type of person. So I was like, all right, stitch me up. Let's go on. Life's, you know, life got things to do. Let's keep moving. And so I recovered from that rather quickly. Doctor said I was his star patient and uh, moved on and didn't really think a whole lot about it. I thought, okay, well, that wasn't so bad for cancer, right? Um, That was scary at first, but after I had my surgeries and I got through my, you know, recovery and things like that, I was like, okay, I moved on. Um, And then two years later, almost to the day, during October Breast Cancer Awareness Month, I get a phone call from my breast cancer doctor who says that I've tested positive for breast cancer as well. And I was like, really? Okay, this is just, you know, starting to bother me a bit. It's only been two years. I'm still recovering from my kidney surgery. And I'm told I have uh, a lump in my left breast and that I was a stage two again, which was kind of shocking because I was very careful with my medical regimen, making sure that I had my mammograms, making sure that I followed the doctor procedures. And and I was like, how how is it in 12 months, 14 months since my last tests 
that all of a sudden I'm now a stage two. I was very frustrated at that, you know. How did it get to that point so quickly? And it wasn't, not that I'm a cancer expert, but after having it and learning about it, you know, there are some more aggressive types of breast cancer. Mine wasn't, you know, that, it was aggressive, but it wasn't, it wasn't the type of cancer that, that there, there's different types. There's hormone positive, there's hormone negative, and then there's cancers, breast cancers that have nothing to do with your hormones. And those are the scariest ones because those are the ones that are super hard to control. And I didn't have those. I had a hormone um, estrogen positive breast cancer, which was fast growing, but, you know, we could deal with it. And so I decided that I wasn't going to mess around with it. It scared the heck out of me, especially after already having my kidney cancer that, you know, my decision was a full mastectomy. I'm like, I'm not going to try to save body parts, you know, if that's going to be the outcome. I'd rather just get it, get it out of my body, get rid of it. I don't want it. And so I followed the full cancer regimen. Um, I went through chemotherapy. I went through four months of chemotherapy with three different kinds of chemo. One of them calling red death, which really was, it was just a very brutal type of chemotherapy. And it would, you know, and they called it red death because when you, when you urinated or you went to the bathroom, it was red because it was from the color of the of the medicine, not because of blood or anything, but, you know, it was very scary. And so I did chemotherapy every other week for four months and I did okay. I did okay. I I had chemo on Thursdays, Friday, I would pretty much just rest and, and try to recuperate on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, I would go back to work. And I worked through all of my chemotherapy every every day. I didn't have any choices. I didn't have a lot of holiday time, vacation time. I, I needed to make money and income. And so I worked, you know, through it. And then I would take Thursdays and Fridays off and I would go have my chemo. And then on Monday, I would go back to work. And I did this for four months. And I think one of the important things is to really make sure that you have a team of um, support people. I had some very, very good friends that were there for me that would check on me, that would help me get through it. Um, and I was very fortunate in that I, I, the chemo didn't affect me like it did some of the other people as far as like throwing up and, and things like that. I, I was good until the end. I think the last month of chemo, it really started to take its toll physically on me. And I started to, you know, go downhill. But luckily, um, you know, my chemo was ending. In the meantime, I had done a lot of research on my cancer and what my options were and what my outcomes could be. And they wanted me to do radiation. And I didn't want to do radiation. I I didn't feel that I needed to do radiation after what all I studied on my on my cancer and things like that. So I opted to not do the radiation. I said, Nope, I'm not doing this. And I, and I, they said, you know, we think you should. And I said, Nope, I'm not going to. And I kind of moved on and I started healing and getting better, but they had me on a lot of medications and the medications were not fun. They were, they were very painful. They caused a lot of joint pain, a lot of just pain in general. And I'm like, if this is going to be my outcome, 
I don't want it. I don't want to have anything to do with this. This is not fun. This is painful. And if this is going to be my quality of life, then I need to find something else to do. Mm. And so we tried a couple different medications, about six months stints of each one. And I said, I can't do this medication. They would switch it. I would try another one for six months. I said, nope, I can't do this medication. I can barely walk. I can't I can't move. Sorry, what were the medications for? The medications were medications to block estrogen, ah, the hormone estrogen, yes. because I was estrogen positive. Um, and so they would give me those medications to draw, to, to block those, those hormones. There's a, uh, I can't think of the name of them now, but I will text them to you. So I said, if this is the way it's going to be, I'm, I don't want to take these medications. And they said, well, okay, let me think about this. My oncologist is like, hey, I know of a study. They're doing a study. Um, would you like to be a part of this study? And I said, well, tell me about it. And he said, well, it's about reducing your chance for reoccurrence through nutrition. Wow. And I'm like, okay, I'm listening. I'm very interested. And he said, there's a wellness institute here in Cleveland that is doing research on reducing your chance of reoccurrence through plant-based nutrition. And I'm like, I'm in, sign me up. <laughs> and uh, so I got to meet with some very prominent doctors here in the Cleveland market. My doctor, Dr. Golubic, was phenomenal in talking to me about changing my lifestyle so that I could reduce my chance for reoccurrence. I stopped taking the medication and started learning under their you know, guidance and following the protocols of the study, which were to eliminate a lot of you know, cancerous causing foods in my diet, eliminate meat, eliminate dairy, eliminate things that were just not good for your body. What I understood as I went through this, and I trained with them for a year and then got into a different program with them and worked with their chefs, is that they knew a lot of information. And they're a medical facility and I get it. They're, they're there to do research. They're there to slowly and methodically make changes to people's, um, you know, to, to their studies and things like that. But they weren't telling anybody what they had told me, which was reducing sugar, cutting out carcinogenic, carcinogenic, I can't even say it, carcinogenic meats, things like that can really help your body. Reducing, um, you know, free radicals, reducing inflammation, reducing those types of things in your body can make a huge difference in your health and your outcome. So I started living a plant-based lifestyle through this study. Was this through the Cleveland Clinic in Ohio? It was through the Cleveland Clinic, yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah, their Nutrition and Wellness Institute was, a, a, you know, a facility on the other side of town and I, you know, I drive 40 minutes to go to these, to these meetings every week. And, you know, they taught us about how to eat better and how to change what we're eating and things like that to, to reduce our chance of reoccurrence. And the first group that I was in was nothing but cancer survivors. And so it was really cool that we had this support group and there was other patients in there who had been through similar things that I had been through. 
And we were all trying to figure out how to change what we were doing and, you know, learn to live a plant-based lifestyle. And there's a lot to it. It took, it took me a long time. You know, what do you drink? How do you sweeten your food now? How do you cook without butter? How do you, okay, if I'm not eating meat, what am I eating? You know, I can't just eat salad for the rest of my life. And so it was a lot of learning. Mm. So I was very grateful for what they taught me. And during the course of, oh, I think the probably the first year, first year and a half, I was on about eight different medications. After that, five of them went away. My cholesterol medicine was gone. My anti-cancer medications were gone. I was down to very limited, you know, some blood pressure medications, which got cut in half. The strengths were cut in half. And then I have a thyroid disorder, which I had my whole life. So I'm still taking my thyroid medication. But to get rid of all those other medications were were amazing. That's incredible. That's incredible. So you went down from eight down to what? Three. 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 And two of those were cut in half. Yeah. It shows in the blood work. I mean, I could sit there and watch as they tested my blood work every three months. We could watch, you know, my blood work test more positive and cleaner and my cholesterol was dropping and things like that. So it was super exciting to to watch that physical testing of of the you know outcomes of the changes in my lifestyle. Wow. That's really, really cool. Yeah. Did you notice any other changes while that was happening for you? I felt good. I felt good. I lost weight. I think my skin got clearer, things like that. I mean, I just, the best compliment I ever got, Corinne, was I went to the doctor the one time and the nurse walks in and she's got this, you know, my chart, which is, you know, six inches thick at this point. And she walks in with my chart and she looks up and she looks at me and she looks at my chart and she looks back up at me and she says, wow, you don't look anything like your chart. And I was like, well, thank you. I'll take that as a huge compliment, you know, because when you read my chart, I should be, you know, one foot in the grave kind of thing. And so um, it's been really good. I've been, you know, I'm, I'm normal. I'm active. I, I feel fantastic. Um, I have all my friends are like, wow, look at you. You're doing so great, you know. And so I won't go back. I've adopted a full-blown plant-based lifestyle, and um, I, I'm not ever going back, honestly. I'm not. And I advocate for my family and my friends to just try it. I say I'm predominantly plant-based. And that's because my doctors were, that's how they taught me. I, you know, Dr. G, I said, gosh, I really like cheese. And he's like, well, then eat cheese. He's like, if I'd rather you ate regular cheese than vegan cheese, because vegan cheese is full of a lot of processed foods and fats. He said, and that's okay. He said, if you're the more plant-based you are, the better off you're going to be. So, you know, I'm 95% plant-based. I still eat fish. I still eat eggs occasionally. Um, I, and I still eat cheese, like I said, occasionally. But everything else is, is pretty predominantly plant-based. And so sprouted green was kind of a side thing of mine that I started writing and developing 
as I came out of this program, I realized that I wanted other people to understand and learn what I went through and learn how to help themselves. And so I wrote a lot of information about how I was able to transform to a plant-based lifestyle, the changes that I made and the steps that I took and the little, you know, just the little changes that take so much time to, to change your habits. And so Sprouted Green is a website that I put together in an effort to help other people benefit from what I learned because I was super frustrated that they didn't share it like I think they should. And so Sprouted Green is, you know, how to get started living a plant-based or predominantly plant-based lifestyle. And it supports, you know, plant-based recipes and plant-based, you know, ways of cooking and, and, and education and just helping people understand the benefits of living a plant-based lifestyle. That sounds fantastic, Day. I think many people will be glad for a resource like Sprouted Green to be out there. I really, this podcast, it's a plant-based hope stories podcast. So it's about people like yourself who are going on this journey for their health and to transform their health from the inside out. And I, and I do, I have been much more militant uh, on my own journey at the beginning of this podcast. But now I really do think that for people to come along, we need to embrace wherever they can be on this plant-based journey. Yes. I think that we need to encourage people wherever they are on this plant-based journey to, to eat more plants and to just to let them go about it in a way that's sustainable and and doable for for them as an individual. Right. I think that your doctor's right. Like if eating a little bit of cheese is going to keep the rest of it plant based, then you know, and that's and that's that's okay. You know, I, I, for me, I'm someone who likes to check to check in with what's working for my body and say, okay, well, you know, I've added a little bit more bread this week and now I don't feel as great. So, you know, just listening and tuning in to, to, to see where I need to make tweaks in my own diet and say maybe I'm having a little bit too much. I don't feel as good if I'm eating too much tofu, for instance. Like my digestion doesn't feel as good. It's just up to the – in that – for me, in that kind of – when it comes to diet and, and a plant-based diet, it's just around feeling feeling into what's – gonna work for you what is working what isn't working and 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 if it's if it's really healthy things that aren't working like because some people have trouble with beans or lent legumes lentils those kinds of things it's just about looking deeper looking looking deeper as well into the the microbiome impact a lot of us come in with a really damaged gut microbiome and then we have struggles with things like onion and things with fructose and um things with maybe wheat or 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 other things and that was something that I really had to look into where certain foods weren't agreeing with me and connecting with people like Natalie Woodman and Robin Shooter and you know listening to Dr. Clapper and reading you know Eat to Live and really tweaking around like why is my stomach finding these beautiful whole foods unsettling and and that that was ended up ended up being a process of really needing to clean my diet a lot and go back to healing that gut microbiome. So it is just a 
noticing and checking in with yourself and seeing what works for you. And if at the beginning and you're transitioning or in your journey and it's like holding on to some fish and some cheese and some eggs every now and again, if that's getting you to be mostly plant-based when otherwise you were eating the standard American diet or the standard Australian diet, I say do what it do whatever you can to eat to continue eating the most predominantly plant-based foods. Yeah, clean whole foods. I started with um um Dr. Grieger's book How Not to Die. Yes, yes. I don't know if you've read that, but that's a that's a fantastic um resource for people who want to understand the benefits of of different foods. And you're you're absolutely right, Corinne, because um, I do a lot of kimchi, I do a lot of kombucha, I do a lot of things like that. And I actually got to the point where I was almost doing too much. And so I don't know if it was, you know, starting to eat up my stomach or, or what, but I had to kind of cut back a bit, but I loved the flavors of it. So the taste profiles and things like that. And so um, just continuing to experiment. And I think one of the really challenging things for people in general, you know, I cook I I love to be in the kitchen. I love to take raw foods and create something out of them. And a lot of people don't cook like that. They're 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 looking for convenience and what do I eat if I'm doing whole foods and how do I, you know? And so I I encourage them to kind of just think out of the box, you know? It's okay to have a vegetable sandwich. You know, I don't do a lot of I don't do any white breads or things like that. So I I'll do Ezekiel and in multi-grain breads and things like that. But maybe you don't need bread. Maybe you can just do a wrap and things like that. So thinking out of the box and just it's okay to have sweet potatoes for breakfast or it's okay to have, you know, those types of things. The savory breakfasts has been one of my <laughs> one of my things. One of my things that I've struggled, my brain has struggled with having a, a sweet potato for breakfast. <laughs> I'm, st- really? I'm still a porridge girl or an oats girl. Like a, I... I I think a lot of for, for me is just like I I'm a I like I like the sweet fruits and I love the the porridge with the berries. I just like what I like, but other people when I see them make their big breakfast with like sweet potato and maybe some scrambled tofu or maybe some um kale with what is it balsamic vinegar, those types of things and I think oh that looks delicious. I just cannot fathom making that. I think everybody's different and I've always been a big breakfast eater. So um, one of my sayings is breakfast like a king, lunch like a prince and dinner like a pauper. So, you know, one of the things that they taught us at the clinic was fasting. So a 16-8, you know, type of fasting environment where you don't eat after six in the evening and you don't eat again until, you know, eight o'clock in the morning. And so there's that whole fasting time frame, which is very good for your body. Well, if you do that, <laughs> you're, you get really hungry in the morning. So you're going to want, a, you know, a bigger breakfast. And then as the day goes on, you don't, you know, you're not as hungry. And I think it also depends on what you're consuming, you know, lots of fiber and, and things like that can really hold you over. Um, Cause there's days where I'll just do a smoothie. It doesn't matter. You know, I, I love my, my kale and, you know, my blueberry smoothies. Um, and I grow a lot of my own too. So I've started gardening and, and, uh, so I can run out in the backyard and grab, you know, my kale and some things and, um, 
just bring it in and munch on it. And I love it. I love it. You know, so it's, it's funny because I need it now. I need my greens. I need my salads. I need my kale. I need, I need those. If I don't get them, I start to crave them. And so, you know. And, and what did you eat like before all of this? You know, I, I want to say I did eat healthy, but you know, it was more standard American diet. I, I, I ate meat, I ate chicken, you know, I would have a steak here or there, um, a burger if we were out, you know, I, I didn't do a lot of fried foods cause I kind of gave up like French fries and things like that a long, long time ago. Um, some of the things that I really gave up in the transition were like yogurts. Um, I've read a lot of things about you know, what those dairy items can do to you. Um, so giving up a lot of those. But, you know, I ate normal. I ate spaghetti. I ate tacos. I ate, you know, meatloaf. I ate, I ate, I ate standard American diet. Yeah. And so when you made the switch, how was that in your social settings, like in your family, in your, in your friendship groups? So how did you find that making that switch when you were going out? <laughs> So I will tell you a story. We had a get together at the at the at the marina and we were doing a breakfast and we were celebrating with a group of friends and they were going out for donuts. And my friend brings me a bag from the bakery and says, Here Day, I brought you um grass fed donuts. And I'm like, You did? And I was super excited and I opened this bag and he had taken weeds from the garden and put them in this bag. And so this was, I was the big joke because this bag was full of just grass and things like that. And I'm like, okay, well, obviously they, you know, they're not adopting my lifestyle as quickly as I am. So, you know, I'm still kind of up on the, um, I'm still the anomaly, I guess, um, with a lot of friends, but you know what? It's fun because the family now will come over and try different things and ask me what I'm making or what are we having for dinner? And they've really adopted it. Wow, this is really good. Or I really enjoy this meal or, you know, I didn't, what is this? You know, my grandkids like, what is this Nani? And I'm like, well, this is lentils or mujaja. We had mujaja and fatouche the other day. And they were just loving it, you know. What is mujaja? Mujaja is a Lebanese rice and lentil dish Yum. with onions. Um, go to Sprouted Green. It's on the website. I have to look. How do I spell it's it? It's very good. It's a M-U-J-U-D-A-R-A. U-D-A. M-U-J. Yeah, M-U-J. A-R-A, Mujadar. It's a Lebanese dish, and it's super good. I want to And they were this. just munching it. Yeah. So things like that, you know, um, carrot tacos. And, and they're like, what are this? is neat. Nani, what is this? Oh, these are carrot and black bean tacos. And so they, they, they love it now. You know, they're used to my... <laughs> my crazy meals that I bring up for my, you know, coconut milk ice cream or, you know, things like that. So... It's fun. That sounds like fun. I'm like I'm going to type that into my phone as soon as we hang up and look for the recipe yeah. so I can make that this week. Mujadara. 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 Yeah, it's got a few different Yum. things. 
And so now what would be your favorite plant-based meal? A few of my favorite go-tos, like like I said, I grow kale in the backyard. I love sautéing kale with garlic and lemon juice. And I will make a big pot of just sautéed kale with garlic and lemon juice. It's so good. Um, Mujaja is another favorite of mine. The black bean and carrot tacos are another favorite. For Thanksgiving, we made a butternut squash, cranberry, and Brussels sprout roasted vegetable dish. And I'm going to make that this evening again because it was so good. It had just roasted pecans, cranberry, Brussels sprouts, and butternut squash. And it was so delicious. So just you know, those kinds of things. Experimenting that way, I love it. Yum. And so now, how many years on is it since you made the switch to a plant-based diet? So I'm two and a half years clean from my cancer. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank that you. Is Thank you. Really, really incredible. And, you know, I am so happy that you found this way of eating and the Cleveland Clinic and the just what a blessing that you live so close by. Yeah. Dr. Esselstein, have you heard of him, correct? Yes, yes, I have. Okay. So Dr. Goldbeck. He's been on the podcast. Oh, he has. He's fantastic. He, My doctor trained under Dr. Esselstein. So it was. It, I was very fortunate to get into this program. You were really fortunate. Yeah. That's wonderful. Oh, you're so blessed. I'm kind of frustrated, too, because I know that this has been out there for a long time, and I don't understand why it's not more vocal, you know, with the movie Game Changers or What the Health or all that. It's like I don't understand how come it's not more prominent Um and pushed for people. It's it that to me is kind of frustrating. Yeah, it is frustrating. I do think that there's a lot of vested interest in it not being like animal agriculture is a huge is a huge mm, big ag. Is it? It's a player. Yeah, it's yeah. a huge player, and so it it, yeah. it it does a great job in keeping everyone confused online about what diet's the best diet and promoting paleo and promoting, you know, whole foods, keto, keto oh, ketogenic keto, diets, yeah. those kinds of things. There's a lot of misinformation and confusion out there and there's a lot of vested interest in there maintaining that status quo, I, I think. So that's my little skeptical <laughs> skeptical viewpoint. But there's a many, many reasons why I think because people also like to have, what is the saying? People like to hear... To have excuse to maintain maintain their excuses for their bad habits as well. You know, we we don't want to have to change, and I I didn't want to have to change. You know, I didn't want to stop eating like yourself. I didn't want to stop eating meat, eggs, dairy. I didn't want to stop eating chocolate, cheese, cake, and so for as long as I could hold on to my belief that I didn't have to, <laughs> I didn't change. You know, and my health declined, but I I got to keep eating the things that I that I love. I was so used to. And as many guests on this show, and I don't know who initially said this, but they say that changing your diet's harder than changing some your religion. You know, we're just so deeply conditioned to certain foods for our comfort, for our for our security, for our sense of belonging. And I for many for many um for many of us, you know, that 
those gatherings around food, not being able to participate in them because you don't eat turkey, you don't eat ham, you don't eat the chicken, you don't eat all of the things that come there, plum pudding, you don't eat all of those things that are associated with Christmas and Thanksgiving. And- yeah, I think you're totally right. With the pressure of peers, you know, my friend's bringing me a bag of grass. I'm like, really? So supportive. Even though they saw me go through four months of chemo, I was bald. I mean, I was just like literally, and they so quickly forget. And they're like, you know, teasing and things like that. And so acceptance by peers, I think, is one of the real challenges of people wanting to adopt a plant-based lifestyle. Absolutely. And that, that, was, that was, for me, a massive part. And, and even though my peers were all supportive, I, you know, all fairly supportive, I definitely felt like, well, if I don't eat this food, Who's going to want to hang out with me? You know, who's going to want? Right. Who's going to want to invite me over for dinner? Who's going to want to speak to You're me? You're the challenging one, it's, right? Yeah, you yeah. become the difficult one, yeah. and and that that is hard. So websites like yours and websites, there's so many like Forks Over Knives, so many websites with good ideas for entertaining, for snacks, for Christmases, for all those times when you don't quite know. And then when all else fails, you just do what most of us do, which is bring your own cooler bag full of delicious (laughs) vegan food everywhere you go. Right. I think the best thing is when they say, oh, wow, this really tastes good. I mean, they're just shocked that it's flavorful, you know, and you're like, see, it's, it's not going to kill you and it actually does taste good. So I love being able to introduce people to plant based foods and recipes and and they don't even realize it. You know, they're eating a a, a vegetable lasagna or they're eating, you know, some plant-based meal and and they're like, wow, this is really good. And it's like, yeah. So I love to entertain and, and take those nuances out of the picture and say, you know, yeah, here's a veggie tray. Here's a fruit tray. Here's some, you know, um, vegan loaf or something, you know, and, you know, that, and they're like, wow, there's so much food and it's all plant-based. And so I think that's where we continue to try to introduce and, and expand people's horizons yeah. as to what their flavor profile is like. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's very funny to me when they think that vegan food is boring and you're just thinking, have you ever, have you never enjoyed an apple before? Have you never enjoyed a banana? <laughs> <laughs> You've never had some beautiful raspberries. <laughs> you don't. You, right. you don't know what a nice fresh carrot out of the veggie patch tastes like. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's so true, though, because I did grow uh, quite a big garden this year, and I was shocked. I mean, my vegetables were so delicious and so flavorful, and you know the carrots and the radishes and and on the eggplant, and just you know, I was like, wow, there's nothing better. There's nothing better. There's really nothing better. Fresh tomatoes are so delicious. So yeah. delicious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I absolutely love as well. I really, I really love introducing beautiful new meals and dishes, even to my, especially to my dad, people who are really staunchly averse to the idea of a plant-based Christmas and then right. and then you make them a beautiful loaf for a, you know, a lovely, like a, my brother makes a beautiful mushroom, like a, the Wellington. Yeah, like a Wellington yeah. and they're just delicious. Yeah. So 
you just have to change what you are conditioned to think is what you have to have for that meal. Right, right. I agree. And I think one of the things that Sprouted tries to help them with, too, is just all the other sides, like desserts and drinks. I mean, drinks is a whole nother, you know, what do you drink when you're plant-based? You know, no, we're not drinking milk and we're not drinking obviously pops and sodas and things like that. So what do you drink and how do you make a, you know, a delicious, you know, cocktail or drink that's completely plant-based? Um, so just educating people and adding them to try new things like that, I think is super fun. And that's, that's why, you know, we're out there is just to try to help encourage people to understand that you're right, paying attention to what your body says and what your body feels like after you eat certain foods, um, is super important. And I think it'll tell you what you need to know if you listen to it. Yes. And that's, that's definitely the thing is that we just haven't been conditioned or taught to listen to our bodies and to listen to what they're saying. And when you do, it's just like, it's sometimes it's shouting. Sometimes it's shouting at you. <laughs> I, I have to admit on the weekend I went to a party and I was just, I was really tired and I, I ate a handful probably of they were vegan but they were oil they had oil in them crackers just some crackers vegan crackers with some hummus because there was vegetables there I don't know why I ate that made the choice but I felt yuck like really yucky I felt really heavy my mind felt really foggy and I, you know, I have multiple sclerosis so I just shouldn't eat that and I had these, right. you know, a small handful of these crackers because I, I, I honestly don't know why I made the choice. And I wouldn't normally, but I ate them. And the, the, sign, the alarm bells that were going off in my body, this is not okay. This is refined wheat. This is packed with oil. This is just no good for you. And I felt foggy in my brain. And I said to my husband when I got home and I've, now, if you're listening, a long-time listener, you've heard me make this mistake before, and I've, I've, I've made it before. But I, you get home and you just think people eat like this, and I ate like that all the time. I just thought feeling foggy in my brain and sluggish in my body and tired was normal, just normal. It's what being in a human body feels like, awful. And once you've been clean and eaten so clean for such a long time, you just don't feel that way. You feel energized and your brain feels clear and you feel really great. And so the contrast is really stark when you actually put that food back in after being so clean for so long and you realize, oh, my God, it's not food at all. Like It's poison. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the things that they were very, um, you know, they taught us was mindfulness. And really understanding the mindfulness of what you're doing, eating slowly and chewing carefully and understanding, A, what you're eating and B, what it does to your body after you eat it. So really paying attention to the whole process of nutrition and consuming foods and, and um, was super important. And I think, you know, I still uh, you you talk about you went for the crackers. I, I get hungry. And so I always have to catch myself eating too quickly um, because I love the taste of food. Even if it's plant-based food, I like what food tastes like. And so um, one of my, I still work on, you know, stop, 
eating so fast. You have to be mindful and chew, you know, your 25 times and all this silliness. But you really have to be mindful of what you're doing because you're not hungry after, you know, we overconsume so much food. Because we don't pay attention to what we're doing. Yes. Day, I am on in your camp. I'm a fast eater and I have to tell myself to slow down. I, th- I, I imagine it's because in the wild we would have... <laughs> 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 we, we would have to eat really fast for or risk being eaten by a bear. <laughs> maybe maybe right, that's maybe that's why we're wired to sh- cram it all in. But I I don't know. I'm the same. I have to really pay conscious attention that that's, that's not going anywhere. I don't have to run from a bear. I can sit here and eat this food slowly. And enjoy it. Yeah. So those were some really cool things that, you know, meditation and mindfulness and those all go along with understanding what's going on in your world and your body and your mind. And so, you know, I still continue to practice meditation and mindfulness and you know along with plant-based lifestyle um, it's all been super helpful for me I'm still you know scared that one of these days I'm going to get that phone call or that test result but I but I also know that what I'm doing is everything that I can possibly do to reduce my chance of it coming back I mean, I'm a two-time survivor. I say all the time, if if I get it a third time, it will probably take me. But darn it, I'm going out with the fight, and I'm going to do everything I possibly can to keep it from coming back. And I feel still like I'm 10 years old. So, you know, I'm I'm super happy that I, I feel as full of life that I do after what everything I've been through. And I think that's the lesson for people is if you don't feel good, (laughs) then you need to stop and think about what you're doing. I mean, you can reverse it or you can change it. And, you know, you're, you're a prime example with MS. My daughter has, she's got NMO, you know, she's, which is similar to, to the multiple sclerosis and, you can change things in your outcomes. Yeah. So you just have to work at it. Yeah, that's a really, really good and powerful point. It's that we just we can change, but we never know what's around the corner. I don't know what's around the corner for me, and you don't know what's around the corner for you. But I can guarantee that I can speak for a day and for myself in that I would rather – living a plant-based diet and feeling good in this moment yes. than feeling horrendous all the time and then getting another diagnosis or then having a relapse or then, you know, struggling and feeling hor- horrific with a terminal illness or a and a further diagnosis with something other than multiple sclerosis or something other than cancer you know, we're both reducing our risk for so many other conditions by taking these steps and following this path and we feel so much better. I would rather, well, for me, plant-based life isn't even a challenge anymore. Like it's not a challenge to eat this way. The challenge is sometimes to not grab a cracker when you're hungry at a party and you're 
making a poor choice. But overall, 90, for me, 98% of the time, it's pretty, pretty amazingly great. And I feel so good. Why would I want to go back to feeling awful, brain fog, exhausted in bed all day like I was when I could feel this good? Even if the, you know, even if tomorrow I could be a totally different story for me, but right now I wouldn't change a thing. I I totally agree. I would not change a thing. I live every day, one day at a time, thankful for every day of my life. And I feel great. And I'm having a ball and I'm not changing anything. If it does come back, I know in my mind that I did everything that I possibly could. And, you know, sometimes you just can't foresee your future. Um, But I won't have the guilt of knowing that I made bad choices and that it contributed to my outcome. I know that I made good choices and that whatever happens, I've, you know, done the best of my ability to, to control my life and, and, and live a, a clean, whole plant-based lifestyle. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Dave, for coming on the show and sharing your story. I absolutely loved meeting you and hearing what you've been going through. You've been through such a lot and testament to you for having such a positive, outgoing, what's my word I'm looking for, (laughs) demeanor and outlook on life when you've been through so much because many people would be in that mindset of, oh, my gosh, you know, I've had two cancer diagnoses. What now? What next? Instead of being where you are, which is being in a really empowered position thank goodness for your doctor you know linking you in with the cleveland clinic and being so open-minded about the work that they do over there and the work of dr corbel esselstyn i'm so glad that you found those resources and were able to learn and grow and and heal and get off five medications and reduce two of them by half which is just Absolutely incredible. I'm so happy to hear you sounding so vibrant and vital and alive. So congratulations. Corinne, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on today. I mean, it was just, it's always been my mission to continue to push this lifestyle and to tell my story mm-hmm. because I, someone out there, it will help them as well. And, you know, I've been very fortunate and you're right. I'm, I'm super happy. I'm super outgoing and I'm not giving up anytime soon. So, um, you know, I want to help as many people as I can and continue to live my life as full as I can. And so it's been a true pleasure meeting you. Um, really, I, I wish you all the best and I do thank you for having, having me on today. And no, thank you. The pleasure is all mine. Oh, one last thing. What would be your biggest top, sorry, what would be your top three biggest tips for anyone wanting to make the switch to a whole food plant-based diet? The first tip is to don't be condescending of yourself. Don't feel guilty. If you make a mistake, it's okay. Jump back on that horse and keep going because you know what? It takes time to learn it. I'm years in. I made ate some crackers just yesterday. So <laughs> yeah. So you know, we all we all fall into those holes. Of, but so 
just climb back up. That's the trick. You know, don't be so self-wallowing that you say, oh, I messed up and I'm not going to do it ever again. It's not about that. It's just continuing to try and continuing to, to, to try. I mean, really, that's it. You know, there's no right or wrong way to do it. Just do it. Um, So that, that would really be what I would tell people and experiment. I tell people all the time, don't, don't, worry about if you don't know how to cook or you can't follow recipes or whatever just you can cut up a plate of fresh vegetables and fresh fruit and have that you know so there's no right or wrong just just jump in there and experiment and have fun and eat what you enjoy eating that's great tip number one what number two well (laughs) i know there was was tips in there eat what you enjoy eating (laughs) yeah um you know really define what you like Take what you like and build on it. You know, one of the first things that sprouted in our Get Started Guide is define the top 10 fruits and vegetables that you like. And so use those as a basis, as a jumping board to build off of. If you love broccoli, then figure out how you can incorporate that more in your life. Or if you like, you know, certain fruits. My girlfriend once told me that, oh, my God, I can't believe that salad. That's so big. You're eating that whole thing. And I said, well, nobody's ever told us we can't have too much salad. I mean, like um, um, nobody's going to tell me I can't have too many vegetables, you know, eat. That's the third thing, Corinne. Eat. This is not a diet. Don't you know, you don't have to reduce what you're eating. If you're hungry, eat fruits, eat vegetables, eat plants, just eat. Don't don't be hungry. This is not a diet. It's a lifestyle. It's not a diet. It's a lifestyle. And I love that last tip, eat. And I love that every time I ask this, almost every single time, as a new tip that I, you know, I hadn't thought of or that I hadn't heard on the podcast. And we're 162 episodes in. So I have never heard anyone say eat, but it's a great tip. Eat. Don't diet. Don't starve yourself. Eat don't the diet. Foods. No, eat. Beautiful. Yeah, because it, it will be demeaning and discouraging if you're hungry. Yeah. You don't want to be no. hungry. You yeah. don't want to be hungry. Yeah. Thank you so much, Day. Thank you for your tips. Thank you for your time. It was an absolute joy getting to meet you and hear your story. I look forward to going and making what's on them. I look forward. Mujaja. 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 Yeah. I look yep. forward Corinne, to thank you so much, dear. Have a great evening. Let me know how your Mujaja turns out. I will. See you later. Bye. Right. Bye-bye now. Thank you so much, Dave, for coming on the show. Thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to check out sproutedgreen.com for all of your plant-based information. And thanks for all of your support. I love you all, and I hope that your last few weeks of 2020 are better than most of 2020 so far, which would not be hard. All right. Love you all. Have a great day. See you next week. Bags are packed. Are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road. Riding with you in the sunnier day.